Hi, just a quick warning that this episode contains some swears and some sexy stuff, and that may not be appropriate for everyone. Please listen at your own discretion. Here we go. This is the book that will convince you to take having a threesome off your bucket list. Chapter 7, page 167. So Moshe and Anjali pushed smooth oil on Nana's legs and feet. And it worked. It relaxed her. That's lovely, she said, closing her eyes like a starlet. Really lovely. She scooped her glass of wine up, Ernest and Julio Gallo Californian Cabernet Sauvignon, and it spilled on her blonde, furry chin. Anjali licked it off. Mosha stared, excited, wide-eyed, scared. He stared. You're listening to Anything But Silent, from the British Library. In the last episode, we opened the British Library's private case and explored erotica and clandestine material previously hidden from public view. In this mini-episode, we're talking to an author who's known for their modern take on sex and sexuality. Joining the library today is Welsh writer Joe Dunthorne. This is slow, I know that. No one has even undressed, I know. But this is what sex is like. It is lots of thoughts and movements. My name is Joe Dunthorne. I am a novelist and poet. I've written three novels. Submarines, the first one, Wild Abandon, the next one, and the recent one's called The Adulterance. And I have a book of poems called O Positive. When I was asked to pick a book that explores sexual relationships, I chose Adam Thirlwell's Politics, which was published in 2003 by Jonathan Cape. And it's a book about a threesome in the sense that it's a three-way relationship as well as being a three-way sexual relationship, and it's about all the complications that come with that. I think I discovered the book about 10 years ago when I was in my mid-20s, and like anything in art, the first time you really see something you've experienced captured in a way that feels accurate, it's really memorable and changing you know I just remember feeling that no writer had really gone for that area of life area of modern life the bedroom sex all the strangeness and funniness and weirdness of that in a totally committed way that's what this book does the thing I remember about the book and still love about the book is how the narrator speaks directly to you the reader and in terms of how that relates to the relationships and the sex in the book is that it allows the this kind of charming, slightly bumbling, self-conscious narrator to kind of slow time down and in the middle of a sex scene say, turn to you, the reader, as it were. In fact, I'm just realised now it's quite fleabaggy. In a fleabag way, turn to you, the reader, and kind of say, look, this is really awkward, isn't it? Or this, I like this character, but look how badly they're doing. And all these nice asides, and I really like that as a way of puncturing normal sex writing and it, it removed the sense that it had to be this either you know very romantic thing or very silly thing it allowed it to be both because the narrator would be like look this is really nice what they're doing here but also coming up in a second is this really embarrassing thing and I love that because I feel like that's what is often missing in sex in novels 
is that you don't get that full breadth of sexual experience, which is never just amazing, perfect beauty and orgasms. It's also embarrassment and weirdness and changing your body position and all these like awkward things that often don't get put in books. I think when I discovered the book, I had written a novel. I'd written my first novel, Submarine. In that novel, there's a long sex scene. and It's the two main characters losing their virginity with one another. And I really wanted it to be as much as possible a honest reflection of the ups and downs of that and not just one thing or the other. It's also a very, very long scene. And so I had spent quite a bit of time wondering about how to do it and looking at other literature to try and find examples where it worked and I was really startled to find how few sex scenes I felt were successful even with writers that I loved and in novels that I loved you kind of get to the sex scene you'd be a bit like ah no that doesn't quite work or it's often the weakest passage or maybe overly romantic or I've got a kind of sleazy writerly quality where you just sense the author sweating off page as it were all these things can be really unsettling and off-putting in a novel And what I liked about Adam's book, and unfortunately it came too late to be instructive in writing of my own novel, but what I loved about when I read Politics was he really sits in those sex scenes and he takes his time and, you know, lots of the book is sex, loads of it. And I think that's brave and unusual and I really loved that about it. I remember thinking, okay, this feels like it hasn't been done before Um, and that was impressive. What I think makes writing about sex so hard is that if you're trying to be really honest about it, people tend to be very cliched in their sexual habits and their sexual dialogue. You know, most people say a few sentences, like they're all the same sentences. People just have these things where they've learned them from, whether it's from pornography or whatever. You know, people aren't original in their speech. Um when they're having sex as a rule. So you have this challenge as a writer where you want to be honest about how people sound and speak, but also you don't want your characters to just sound boring and keep saying, fuck me harder or whatever it is. So how do you keep a sex scene realistic while still avoiding loads of cliches? And that's why I think you find in film and in literature lots of the really memorable sex scenes are very outlandish, like... I'm thinking of this amazing scene in that film Young Adam where Ewan McGregor gets sprayed in ketchup and mayonnaise. You know, that's great, but that doesn't represent a kind of every man or every woman sex scene. I think the big like, kind of holy grail is to represent vanilla-ish sex in a way that is really convincing and beautiful or maybe a balance of beautiful and embarrassing or whatever it should be, but just convincing. Well, I I think sex is one of those spaces where you are performing in a weird way and and where are you drawing your references from? You know, is it the sexy films you saw when you were 15? Are you basically pretending to be, in my case, Michael Douglas in in, in Basic Instinct? Is that your proto-sexual figure? And, And when you're 
having sex is some part of you like, well, that's what great sex is, so I'm going to make the noise I heard Sharon Stone make, or whatever it is. Well, maybe it's my problem. Like, I guess maybe I'm the bringer of the cliches to the bedroom, and in fact, everyone else in the world is having amazing, highly literate sex chat. <laughs> I guess my other thought about writing about sex is that a huge part of it is about what words you're going to use to describe genitals, and those words age really badly, and I think that's one of the problems with writing about sex is that the language of sex is always kind of renewing. One of the solutions I find is to have, again, a, a, an element of self-awareness in your characters and they are thinking, what do I call it? What do I call my own penis? Like, am I going to call it my penis? That seems really technical. Am I going to call it my dick? That seems a bit arrogant. Like all these, you know, they may be not totally conscious, but I feel at some level everyone has these thoughts of like what the apt word choice is. And of course, the writer is also doing the same thing. But at least if you give that problem to your characters, that feels authentic. Like I want my characters to be thinking, I don't know what is the right word. I would pass Adam Thirlwell's book on to my grandmother, or rather I would go back in time to when my grandmother was alive and pass it on to her because she loved any book or piece of art that was included lots and lots of sex. She lived in Edinburgh and every year she would scour the fringe programme for the most explicit sounding and nudity featuring plays. So I think she really would have enjoyed this. We'd love to hear about the writing that made you. Perhaps there's a library book you loved so much you struggled to take it back. Get in touch at British Library on social media and use the hashtag AnythingButSilent. Anything But Silent is a Pixie U production for the British Library. We'll be back in two weeks' time for our next main episode. Thanks for listening.